on this week's episode. I've got coverage of ISC 2023 here in Barcelona. I've got a wide range of guests where we're going to be bringing you all of the news that we've learned here from the show floor, uh, bringing it to you shortly. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Learn more at atlona.com. This is AV Week, episode 598, our live coverage of ISE 2023 in Barcelona, Spain. This is AV Week. I'm all right. This is Rich Magosa, Uncle Richie, actually reporting from ISE here in Barcelona 2023. I'm here in the AV Nation studio. It is day four, and I finally get to sit down and talk with friends and friends of the show. Um, to my right, I've got Gina Sansevero, who is the VP of Marketing right. for Corporate Communications. I, I write it down just so I can make sure I get the entire <laughs> mouthful. It's great to see you. It's so good to see you, Rich. Thanks for having and me. And over here, who has been keeping me in laughter the entire time right. while we've been sitting here, I've got Clive Coldwell. Uh, Clive, you are the editor-in-chief editor of AV Magazine well, with a capital M. Yes, know. that's right. It's a group editor, but it's meaningless. In fact, I'm here instead of Clive Coldwell. He can't make it today. <laughs> I look so like him, I thought I'd just make the effort. That's it, we're passing on through. So um, we're at the end of the show. And uh, one of the great things about uh, the wrap-up with AV Week is typically it's the end of the week and it's all things in our industry, but this is all things show. Um, mm. One of the conversations we had before we were recording was that I was here covering the show for summer of 22 in May. And part of the big conversation we had there was when the doors open, we all sat there and go, is this thing gonna happen? and there was a whole lot of trepidation, and then there was a pleasant surprise mm -hmm. that occurred. Fast forward now to January, it's colder, I'm a little grumpy about that, yeah. uh, but it opened with a bang um, this year. It felt like it was back. I wanted to get, just kind of from the beginning, what are your first impressions of the show when we started on Monday? Oh, um, first impressions on Monday were, holy cow, that's a wall of people. Uh, it was just so exciting. The environment, the energy, I think when people came back, they were not only happy to see each other, but they were happy that we were in Barcelona. They were happy that this is a new step forward for the industry. And yes, I was, in he I was here in May as well, um, and it felt like there were people excited about it. This time it was, it was just a, I don't know, it was a tunnel of energy and just this excitement about less about technology and more about us, more about the AV family that we've created, right? Well, we felt more, more like a family after queuing for two hours. Well, that, that is for sure. <laughs> well, the lines I've got, got a lot of that. people yeah, in queue. Yeah, the lines yeah. were a little crazy in the beginning. I think they've admitted that they've, uh, they must have known how many people are coming here, but it's a big center, and you think big centers absorb a lot of people. But it's just a flow through on the exits and everything else. That will soon be ironed out, I'm sure. But for me, the biggest thing um, was when we launched, when, when it was launched. 
and I saw the effect on the local Catalan and Spanish community really? about having a trade show here. So I thought, well, if, if things don't slightly go well, the local region will pick up the slack and go for it. They've been, it's been hugely influential. Well, we were under the, kind of the rumor of an impending taxi strike, oh, too, that, well, right yeah. at the beginning of the show. Really? Absolutely. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fortunately, I think we've navigated it. But that's interesting that the, the, the community and the Catalan community itself, so... It, Inside Barcelona, the, the well, Catalan community themselves. And Nantes had a fantastic exposition centre. I mean, it was really good here. They'd seen, you know, the other telecom shows here and previously. I've been here to cover the Olympics, Formula One, all these sort of things. So you know the area is really good. And so you get else. to do cool stuff, and I'm sitting here in the Aviation Studios. So I'm tagging <laughs> well, no, along with bit, you was, next time. No, I was a bit younger then, I have to say. But you know it's going to be good on the press office and various other things, the facilities, and the amount of room you have to walk and see stuff and meet people. It's just exceptional. Thank goodness we left Amsterdam, even oh. though I loved Amsterdam, right. when we did. Well, let's talk about the size of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, because, um, you know, our, our good friend Mike Blackman had it released some of the early numbers uh, mm -hmm. the other day. But I think one of the interesting th things that he talked about is this, from a size of a show, was one of the largest to date at this point. I mean, eight halls? There are six halls, all grand total. So we've got yeah, two, three, four, seven, eight, eight audio there. rooms. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but it's a trek getting it from is. one side yeah. to the other. Um, Thank goodness for the travel agents. My advice is to go outside and skip the hall doing that way. <laughs> you, know, you, you save, apart from half an hour to, to, to hall eight, you can make it 10 minutes if you go outside and skip down, mm -hmm. you know. I'll, well, I'm sorry, I was going to say, it's just so much more intuitive than the Rye was. I mean, the Rye, well, you were going from Paul 5 to 13 to 10, outside to a tent, possibly being rained on. Um, this is just linear. It's it's intuitive. It's it's so much easier. You can go upstairs, you can go downstairs, you can go outside. It's long, it's big, but man, it feels good. You need the space to show the tech off properly, mm -hmm. don't you? And of course, you need space to meet people you know, in, in, a, in a way that makes them feel comfortable and you can impress them as much as you like with it. It's not too big and it's just just adequate, I think, really nice to spend everybody's happy from that point of view. Because our tech needs a bit of space to be, especially showing experience, transparent LED, all these sort of things that, that, re, that are really impressive. But you go to the States and see these big expeditions and, you know, one company is almost one hall and you're walking in you need that sort of you need that sort of wow factor when you when you're demonstrating, especially new tech. Well, and that's you're bringing up a good point that I was just about to jump in on right now. This is a tech show, mm -hmm. and uh, you know we are returning to the trade show floors, the technology. There was a lot of companies that you know due to COVID they you know had to pause on releasing product coming from the manufacturer mm -hmm. side, which was well, how do we get our people? How do we get our product? And a couple of perspectives from it. What did you feel was the overall trend of the tech? Uh, because so, so ISC is one of the interesting shows in that it is you know, co-run between Cedia and uh, uh, it's the commercial and the residential show. Mm -hmm. You don't have it in the States. We have it separated there. So you've got a lot of different manufacturers, a lot of different technologies. What were you feeling with kind of the takeaways? Because you, you, know, you were coming at it from a different perspective. A number so of different, a number of different, because our readers are end users, but it's, it's an end user magazine read by the industry. Right. So you're looking at tech developments. I haven't been out in the fall this time, but clearly there were virtual production, you know, transparent LEDs, various other things. But certainly with our interviews, they're all around the software issues. Really? Skill shortages. And, you know, ironically, virtual production that really is going to have to be a big sell, but great and get it in. Is it going to improve learning in, in universities remotely? And is it going to help people do certain things piecemeal? But how, where are skills going to be coming? Can we bring in digital expertise? All that sort of stuff. Women in AV, um, 
different buying patterns because we've been in a hybrid world, we're working differently, is that dictating how customers buy tech? And are they going to be less of bulk buys and discounts and more interoperability and, and, and understanding networking and making things be part more of the infrastructure of their companies? There are a lot of decisions being made at the moment about where this stuff sits. So even on traditional events have changed enormously. They've yeah, become more they? sophisticated, haven't they? So you have to be clever and think on your feet, but you know, it's going to be expensive. But I think the integrators, I do wonder whether they know what's coming down the road, you know. I think a bigger market for consultants and independent advice, not so much for the big individual single vendor deals at discount that we used to see. This is a box and solutions, block it on the wall. You need a bit more nous around that and customers need to be a bit more analytical in the way they think about how they use their tech and how it benefits their business because we are strategic. Absolutely. The word that I was hearing a lot necessarily wasn't overt at times, it was more implied, and sometimes you'd hear it in, in their messages, was interoperability. You know, everybody was talking about collaboration, which was different in terms of the users, but between the companies, there was, you know, announcements of partnerships and alliances. You know, from a manufacturing standpoint, what are you finding in terms of, you know, you don't necessarily see as many of the walled silos between the companies. They're, 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 you're talking more and more with one another. Um, I think that's true. I think. I'm absolutely convinced that one of the trends that we'll see coming out of this is a focus on interoperability. I think that what you got it on the first try. Come oh, I'm good at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, it really is, and supply chain issues really exacerbated the need to, or emphasize the need to uh, focus on interoperability and partnerships. Right? You can't have an end-to-end -end solution anymore because you might be missing component C of that deck, right, of, of, of that system. Um, so you do have to ensure that your customers are up, are running specifically with some mission critical um, projects, but, but just in general. Um, and so what we're seeing for sure is lots of partnerships, lots of, lots of testing with others' equipment, um, and additionally, uh, enhanced capabilities through software, right? Again, hardware challenges, um, supply chain challenges, We've, we're really seeing that software adds capabilities and functionality and is easily changed and upgraded through firmware and all of that. So um, I think that we're for sure going to see more and more of that uh, rolling out in, in AV. Well, see, I'm not going to put you on the spot uh, as a manufacturer on the supply chain mm -hmm. issue. But that is a conversation that yes. did come up. Huge. That a lot of manufacturers, I, and I have to give them props, are, are now uh, attacking it head on. I mean, I think there was a lot of mm -hmm. the past year which was, you know, nothing to see here. We know that it's there, but there was a lot of head in the sand. What were your impressions in well, terms of the supply chain I'm in a, I'm in a slightly more privileged position. I also am responsible for electronics weekly. Ah. So you're seeing complete the component side, and there was definitely a major change in um, reliability and originality and security within the component chain, not just availability. You put your finger on it with testing, that's going to be a big issue as, as we move forward and who's going to do it. Um, but it made people rethink about the components in the equipment there they were buying, how long a shelf life is, is it, and, and how they're going to then plan their future supply chain. That's absolutely very, very, very interesting to see follow through. And the last bunch of corporate CXOs I've, I've interviewed Strangely, they haven't been sales backgrounds. They've all been electronics engineers. Really? Mm. All going to the old Marconi thing in the UK and everything else, including the head of um, Christie. And we talked about mentorship and various other things. But yeah, they're electronics guys. Most of the guys, apart from Christine. 
Cove from Shore, who is amazing, could have been a concert pianist if she'd followed her way career through. So very interesting individual people, but that, that senior level flow of managers has changed over the past three or four years. Interestingly, quite anonymously. Mm. I'm hoping that might be the segment of a, you know, part of a show coming on up. I would love to spend the entire time with both of you at this point, um, but I'm gonna keep it brief. Um, Gina, if they wanna find out more about Atlas IED, uh, if they wanna find out more about what you're doing in the industry, uh, kind of your thoughts on the show, how can we find out more information about you and Atlas IED? Atlas IED um, is at atlasied.com, mm -hmm. and uh, on Twitter at atlas underscore IED. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we are on LinkedIn, so follow us everywhere. I am also on LinkedIn, so you can follow me there, Gina Sansevero, um, and I would love to talk to you more uh, another time. My first time interviewing you. I'm yeah, so, I'm so it's, happy. I, it's like we spent all our time together. I know. On camera. Clive, if they want to find out more information about AV Magazine with a capital M. Well, with a capital M, sadly, it's, it's, uh, it's a bit confused. It's avinteractive.com. Okay. Because we couldn't get the domain name years ago for avmagazine.com. I mean, who made that mistake? I don't know. But anyway, it, we are everywhere, as, as indeed everybody is, sadly, with me on it. Uh, so, uh, yes, do, do, do persevere. It's very good. We're broadening our coverage for everything at the moment, so it's good. Well, if people are looking to find you, how can they find you? Are you on the socials, or are you going to be pushing this straight well, I'm, to the... I'm doing more social YouTube. I used to be a broadcast journalist, so I'm, every, I'm looking through all my old stock. It's frightening. I <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, was, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Of course, I'm doing my replenish on my YouTube channel, going through AV Magazine. It's amazing where you end up. You're everywhere. So you can type Clive Coldwell in, and you see all our latest interviews and everything else in. And they'll probably kill me for saying that on AV Magazine, because they want to say AV Magazine, which you can do, but all the videos come up. Well, AV Magazine In various guises and shapes and sizes, may I say. There you go. Well, fantastic. Well, if you want to find out more information about us, you're going to find us on our website at avnation.tv. For AV Week, the Uncle Richie edition, uh, here at Barcelona, Spain, for ISE 2023, I'm saying goodbye, and we will be catching up with you for the next segment shortly. And welcome back. Uh, I now have two new guests by the magic of technology. My prior guests have gone. My new guests are here. Um, I, I, I actually, it's, it's really great. I'm, I'm going to get to you in a second because we've spent all week together. But uh, I've got Nancy Blanchard here to the right of me. Nancy, you're with Williams AV. You're the consultant liaison for Williams. I am. And as well, as they've said, the champion of PSNI, right? I am. Yes, I am. Well, welcome. It's actually the first time that we get to sit down and talk with one another. Uh, to your right is my broadcast partner for the past four days here for <laughs> AV Nation, Toby Tungle from CTI. It's good to see you again and again. <laughs> I think that we've seen each other a lot this week, haven't we? Cab rides in the studio, it's been fantastic. It is, we've been joined at the hip, so it was a, it was a brand new one uh, for us. Uh, you and I have had the opportunity that we've been alternating days, and so uh, when I've been in studio, you've been on the floor, flip-flopping back and forth. Um, I'm gonna get right to it. Okay. So, um, summer of 22 was the postponed uh, show. Uh, here. It was gorgeous. I loved the weather for it. I wish almost we could get it back to that. Um, but when the show opened up, and I've, I've had lots of conversations with people, there was always that trepidation of like, is this thing ever going to come back and take off again? Fast forward to January. We're at the end of the show now. Um, tell me some of your impressions that you've got, you know, right when you walked in uh, that first day of the show. More uh, exhibitors. Mm-hmm. So a uh, great group of attendees, and as a manufacturer, over these past couple days, is the quality of the people that have been coming through the booths and the leads, mm -hmm. it's genuine. 
they it it's not tire kickers or anything. These are people that actually have a need, and they want to learn about your product, your technology, and see if it it'll fit within, you know, their application. I'm actually going to jump in on that in a second, but I wanted to get your view on you know I mean we were we got to be on the show floor and back and forth. What were some of the things that you noticed? Uh, since we got to see all of the halls. We got the grand tour during this yeah. entire show. What were you able to see? There was a lot of people out there. You know, the, pre, the pre-show numbers are, are going very positive right now. Something that I really noticed was as we um, transitioned through the week from hall to hall, there was several people that were far more engaged to Nancy's point in the booth, having really deep conversations about how they're affecting what projects they have coming up from an integrated perspective, how they're going to support their, their clients on a global basis. I thought it was really, really positive. Pretty cool having the King of Spain come through, too. Yes. I missed that as well. Oh, see, man, he owed me 20, so he shined me on. I tried to <laughs> wave, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time. Yeah, next time, yeah. don't catch me on the flip side. <laughs> uh, the conversation uh, reared its head several times, I know, uh, when I was walking to the booth, and I can overhear it between partners and manufacturers, and I'm not going to put you on the spot necessarily, but the dreaded S-word, the supply chain conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like now that, you know, we no longer had the, well, the world is changing, we're not sure how this is going. Um, we're now at kind of the real conversations where integrators and, and, and user and customers are saying, okay, how about now? And manufacturers, to their credit, many of them that I spoke with are approaching it head on and saying, here's what we did, here's how we're doing it. What were your feelings in terms of, you know, how we're still dealing with supply chain and with product? I mean, it's, it's, we're a product-based world still, you know, in terms of our side of the industry. What were you noticing um, how that was playing out through the show? Well, I mean, it, it, it's a, a typical question that, you know, I'm asked all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, what I said is that, and, you know, jump in, is I think that it was a great opportunity for the smaller manufacturers who have been trying to get into this, see the integrators, but you know, you've got the larger brand, and so that's always first and foremost on you know an integrator's mind. And now like the Absens and you know uh, Aurora Multimedia, they've got product available. You know, it might be cheaper, but it's just as the as good quality. Right. So I see that it's, it's now a chance for them to sort of move up and to be able to be in the game and, you know, to, to be able to supply integrators and things. We were lucky because our CEO doesn't come from the AV industry mm-hmm. and he's worked in, he's lived in Asia and things. And so from the get-go, he realized and saw that, you know, we got to jump on the bandwagon. We've got to forecast. We've got to put POs out there. And so... Williams actually did really well during the pandemic. So I think we're one of the few companies, and it even took our some of our products and what we didn't think, what markets they would be used in or applications. Now, all of a sudden, they're using them for that because you had the social distancing and stuff. So You had lots of interesting conversations. I asked every single show. person this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the trend was there... They're working on strategy and roadmaps for product to get themselves outside of the supply chain craziness, right? There's certainly um, a handful of them that have products that they can't get away from, but I would say 90 to 95% of most manufacturers' products are available in a very much more reasonable time frame. There's still some out there lingering, but they're focused on that that under 90-day window that we're all pre-pandemic really used to and we strive for. I don't know if we'll get to the pre-30-day window, perhaps from the early 2000s, but certainly 
what I appreciate is them looking through that lens of an integrator and a client and figuring out new ways to do it versus what we experienced, what, last year of kind of a few putting the head in the sand and saying, well, this is what it is and we're going to buy our way out of it and hope for the best. And it just got worse. The demand from our clients just got to be greater and greater and greater. And they, they, they had no choice but to accelerate. And it was fantastic to hear, again, that they were really focused on that. And adding on to that is I think that we learn don't put all of your eggs in one basket when it comes to a supplier. So if you if you have components that you have to use, you've got to be able to see that, okay, well, if they're not available here, you have to have an alternative. Do you see that as being a title shift occurring yes. going forward? Has to be. Has to, I don't think there's any way around it, right? Because otherwise, we're going to go backwards. And if you're not green and growing, you're brown and dying at that point, right? right. And, and as fast as things are innovating in our industry, we're still not as fast as some other industries, you know, probably where your CEO came from, right? S significantly looking at the IT world, they're, they're innovating 2x what we're innovating right now because right. we can't keep up with that. Right, right. It's caused a lot of changes in terms of um, how manufacturers deal with one another as mm -hmm. well. I We were talking in the earlier segment that it wasn't that manufacturers felt that they had that they they necessarily wanted to play well with others now they have to play well with others and a yeah. big thing that I I had seen um, when walking the show floor and using the word and I'm always gonna mangle it but I'm gonna try it again is interoperability well done yeah <laughs> <I> got it <laughs> um, did you notice, or you know, in terms of the 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 a lot some interesting alliances? I think is what I noticed along the way. Um, do you see that that's where we're going to be going forward as well with this? We you know what are your feelings about how this new software hardware? I mean, we're in a hybrid world, hybrid work world, but it started to feel like we're in a hybrid product offering world now too, where it's not a single name solution anymore that you're dealing with it, like you were just talking about with eggs in a row. What do you see coming through 23 and 24? Oh, it's going to be a lot more fun because yeah. you, to your point, and I had the privilege of interviewing quite a few manufacturers that are only one vertical, maybe it's audio, maybe it's video, but they're reaching across the aisle going, hi, I need this to fill out my portfolio and I want to work with you. Or more specifically on the software side, one that I actually was able to do today was Cisco is going to be team certified and they're going Zoom and Google. Like, how many people thought Cisco would be willing to go outside of WebEx just five or six years ago? Right. They're focused on that product roadmap to reach across the aisle, knowing that their client base is demanding it. Right. Mm -hmm. And from that same perspective, then they're able to look at, okay, we're not losing market share, we're gaining market share, we're gaining relationships in our industry to make us stronger. I absolutely agree. And I, I saw it years ago when it was Avacor. They started partnering with... Um, Microsoft, and then there was another one that was out of Calgary. All of a sudden, I forget what their what their name is, but that's where I said, "Aha, that's smart." That if you want to get ahead and you want to reach a greater audience, you need to start doing partnerships. And so that is, I think, moving forward, what we're going to see with many different companies. I love it. Well, I think with Infocom coming up, and then twenty four in Barcelona, we're gonna hopefully we'll see how you read how well you read the tea leaves on the way through, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, again, I I love when I get a chance to do AV Week because I could just sit here and listen to you two talk all day, but I can't. So Tim will yell at us. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Nancy, if people want to find out more about Williams AV or you on the socials or PSNI or the long, long list of things that that uh, occur, how can they find you? You can contact me. My email is nancyb at williamsav.com. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm active, which I'm sure you can attest to with Absolutely. this show, <laughs> is Twitter and LinkedIn is at Nancy Blanchard. Great. My partner here in the studio, how can they find more about you, Toby, and CTI? As partner well? in crime. I love it. Um, everything for us is CTI.com. If you want to find me anywhere, social or email, it's at Toby Tungle. All the way across. Well, and you guys had a, a new announcement from Conference Tech to there was a CTI. We did rebrand this week, um, and we officially are now just CTI, which is pretty cool. Logo, the whole thing. Logo, uh, website, branding, everything went live on February first. Well, that's Congrats. thanks. This is Mitchell from AV Nation. Usually sitting in the background just to do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, IC 2023, I think, has been a success, not just the show in general, but for AV Nation. Um, and I cannot understate that that is because of the quality of our team. So I would like to thank Matthias and the crew at Popular Pictures, uh, the ground floor, uh, the ground crew for running uh, the interviews on the floor and literally running the floor, as it were, um, for our presenters, Toby Tungle and Uncle Richie. Um, editor Jan, because editors don't give enough credit. Um, and of all the people I really want to thank, um, I can't, we couldn't have done this without Paige Flanagan. Um, she is a master coordinator. She handled the schedule amazingly, managed to get socials uh, on, on point, take that Joe way, and has just been an incredible uh, asset to the team on top of her regular um, job as director of operations and sales. And I don't think I should say regular because she is insane and kills it. So if you see her on the floor or if you see her on Twitter, tell her she's doing an amazing job because she is. Um, so thank you, everyone, if I didn't thank you. Um, and that should be about it. So with that in mind, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Uh, recording on day four, the end of the show. Uh, fortunately, I have in studio uh, somebody who I was meeting for the first time and somebody who I've known a long time. Uh, to my right, my partner in broadcasting uh, from a state of control, Steve Greenblatt, the founder and CEO of Control Concepts. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. I'm so glad we got a chance to spend some time together in person. Finally, we spend so much time you know, on the opposite side of the camera at this point, but we got together. We actually recorded a show together, which was, made it even fun. It was tight spaces, but we made it work. And I'm actually going to read from my notes on this one because no I've got to get it right. Uh -huh. Ryan Gray. That's true. Assistant Director of IT from Yavapi College and a member of HETBA. Yes. So we have a rule. You can't have an acronym unless you break it on out. No problem. I'll give you two things, and it's not your fault. Yavapai. Yavapai. Named after the Native American tribe that's in our area. So Yavapai College, Northern Arizona, it's gorgeous. And yeah, HETMA, the Higher Education Technology Managers Alliance. So a group of higher ed people that get together and try and take care of our vertical and do scholarships and other great work. Well, I got the history lesson, and I've got the... <laughs> Sorry, and, No, this is fantastic. I love it. That's, right. that's the best part about it. All right, I'm going to jump into it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the conversations I had earlier was, uh, you know, I was fortunate to cover the show uh, in summer. Gorgeous in summer. A little chillier in winter, but it got better. Uh, and when the show opened, the big concern, you know, for everybody was like, is this thing going to happen? And is it done? Is it, have we changed the history of trade shows, period? It was a nice surprise. The numbers started to come back. Fast forward to January, the doors opened, and I think everybody was, I don't necessarily know if they were surprised, but but really, really happy with where the response was. Tell me some of your impressions. We're now four days into the show, coming at it from different 
approaches, but what did you feel in terms of your impression of the show when it started and it opened and kind of where you felt coming in and what you're feeling now four days after? So going in, obviously we talked about what is the future of trade shows. So mm -hmm. uh, there, there's still a lot of progression and I was expecting people to start to, to inch their way back. Infocom I think was a nice rebound year, mm -hmm. but there, it was more about getting together. It was more about seeing your friends and, it was, and everybody talked about, let's, you know, we're back together in person. How did that feel? It was great. This was a real trade show. I mean, we came back and everybody was, they had their A game. The place was packed. The, the walkways were packed, the manufacturers came to play. It really felt like we were, I mean, I would say continuation, if you skip the last two years, it, it was a natural progression from 2020 to 2023. So you feel like, you know, obviously integrators are a large part of our audience. Is it, is it something that they should absolutely feel that if they haven't come back to a trade show or they're kind of on the fence, but now's the time? So I enjoy this trade show coming from the U.S. because it gives us the opportunity to have different conversations. Uh, you, the, the pace is different. Right. Four days makes it a little bit easier. It's massive. Yeah. I mean, you have to know that it's massive. But it's got a little something for everybody. And you have to pick and choose and be strategic in how you approach it. But what I, I think is most important is that we, we came here to really get AV at a different time of year, that, that's very helpful. You got to see a different part of the industry, you got to see different types of people, and it's more of the fact that it, it's, it's the cross-section too between commercial and residential. Right. So there's a lot of in, interesting and unique parts to ISE. Right, commercial, residential, you know, corporate, absolutely your sweet spot. How about higher education? Talk about that. Yeah, so we, we've been talking about that all week. There's one thing first off about ISE is it's in such a better time slot for purchasing for higher ed, right? And we run fiscal year, so Infocom is great, but I won't see any of, I can't put that in for another year. So this is the right time to be looking at it. And talking about different roles, you know, as uh, uh, whether trade shows are back, I think that question is over. It's packed. Mm -hmm. I got to come as part of a media group to cover the show for other higher ed people. And if I didn't have that pass to go through the other line, the lines were huge. It was fantastic. And as a school that you know does a lot of our own in-house integration, I look at it like an integrator. I'm looking for the things I'm going to put in the next design. And as somebody who supports end users, the conversations about user experience in the booths rather than specs and, and those sorts of things is kind of on a different level than I've seen at trade shows before, where the melding of different technologies, it's, it's less, it, it, the conversations aren't, you know, is that an IT, is it AV, is it commercial, is it residential? It's just, how are we gonna use that for the people back at home to make the experiences that they need? Trade shows tend to have different adjectives to describe them during phases. There are trade shows that are revolutionary, sometimes with huge technology breakouts. There are trade shows that are evolutionary where you're taking something and then you're kind of refining it. You know, we've had the 4K involvement years. Uh, we've had, you know, the analog to digital years, right? We've had, obviously, in the past two years, the UC, right? Unified communication is, you know, you pretty much, if you're having a conversation here at this show, what, are you, what do you feel that 23 as a show if there was gonna be a message about it that was like kind of the underlying conversation, even given that we're you know, straddling residential, pro, broadcast, commercial, did you feel that there were any trends or common, uh, uh, you know, just, just kind of the, the, the language coming out from, from who you spoke with, and users and, and manufacturers? 
Please, I, the, one of the words that somebody said to me earlier was challenging. That is, there are things out there that will make you think different about mm -hmm. what you're doing. And it's not, there are ones that are evolutionary and revolutionary, but this is one where I think the, the if you wanna say truly post-pandemic is in and new ideas need to be taken seriously, especially for higher ed, the, the, our, our entire plan of what we do is different. There is no difference between online and sort of online and in person. They're trying to do it all. So the, some of the solutions that we need for those, for those things are in development. And then the other thing is some of the things that we got to get a look at that are kind of under NDA still coming in the future are even more. So I think the revolution is coming. Really? And the beginning of it is kind of what we got to see here. You're in a unique position, because, right, parts is everybody's parts, right? Talk about what, what you know, and congratulations, because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to toot your horn again. You were uh, one of the first um, acknowledged partners with a manufacturer for software development mm -hmm. as a third party, which is not a small thing. What did you notice on the floor? So first, first I'll comment on that. QSIS announced their developer partner program, which we became one of the in initial members of, which is great. And and you and I, we talk about this every month on a state of control, is all we try to do is make sure that people see the value in software developers and AV programmers. And I think this is a great step in that direction. So thank you, QSIS, for doing that. And, and they're not the only ones, but they're the ones that announced it at this show. And um, what, what we're finding more of, and just in general, I think the trend in the industry are that we can't be too, too, too committed to one particular product, one particular brand. Mm -hmm. And I think Absolutely. that we've gotten, we've seen what could happen. And it's, it's just like anything else. When you, if you're financially investing, you want to diversify your portfolio. So you have to be able to look at what are the different products and what is my backup and maybe what's my second backup. So what we're seeing more is that manufacturers are looking to play nice with each other again, which is a yeah. great thing. And, and you know, you and I, the whole reason why control programming exists is to make all these products that aren't supposed to work together work together. And, you know, so that's been our quest for how long. And there was a time, a period of time a few years ago maybe where uh, only manufacturers only wanted to sell an ecosystem. Right. And I think that they're realizing potentially some of the pains of that and some of the pitfalls. So. I think for our industry, it's great to open these doors. Competition is good. I know that nobody wants to lose market share, but I think that this is a time now where everybody can really shine at what they do at, do best. But the bottom line is, for, for your clients and your, your users, you need to put in systems, yep. and you need to be able to have products that work together, yep. and the ones that do are the ones that you're probably going to specify. And you use the word ecosystem. That's perfect. What, what have we been sold, right? You need to be a this customer, this campus, a this whatever, until... I can't be it anymore. Mm -hmm. And the, the glue that ties that together, right, is creative design and software, software-based things. Our colleges are training software engineers to make everything integrate and work together. And that's exactly where we need to be, which is not tied to a particular manufacturer, but tied to what is best in our rooms on a day-in and day-out basis. So I'm gonna ask you a question then based on that. Yeah. Do you feel that we've reached a critical mass point where having that single vendor solution is something that we're going to return back to? Well, I think there, there always will be incentives, right, for manufacturers to try and change. They know where funding comes from. They know how the buying system works, and they're going to align it to try and build that out. But 
burned once, burned twice, you have to, you know, you kind of have to be careful with that. The other thing you see from manufacturers is starting to subvert their own supply chains with software solutions. That's been going on for a while, but now like some of big names literally saying, well, I'm not gonna sell you a box anymore. I'm gonna sell you a license for something that's going to run on someone else's hardware. And we get to the point where the, what we talk about on AV on a campus is simply endpoints that are networked together and it is the intelligence, the programming, and not the design of the room, but the design of our entire campuses that is driving that. That's really exciting for us. I think that's a step in the right direction, certainly. I mean, that, that's what we want to be hearing. Right. And I think that there's also that trend now to here's the box and this is what it does today but we're also going to be growing it by updating the software, not necessarily replacing it, right. which has been the old way of doing things, but we're going to make this more powerful over time. And I think the question, going back to what you started with, is as far as the platform solution or the ecosystem, if they earn it, great. You know, and I think that that's what should be, ha should be happening. Yeah, and it, as, long as, as long as I can get things in that ecosystem to continue projects along, that's great, if I can't. I have a feeling it's going to be the, the subject of many shows in the future that's that we're true. going to have at <laughs> yeah. this point. Well, again, I could sit here and, and, and talk and listen to you guys all day long, yeah. but I can't because I'm on a timeline. All right. So, Steve, if they want to find out more about control concepts and what you're doing in the industry, you yourself, sure. uh, tell us how we can find you and control concepts. So my uh, Twitter and uh, other uh, social media is at Steve Greenblatt. My company, Control Concepts, is at controlconcepts.net but I'm going to steal a line from Uncle Richie. The best place to find us is here at AV Nation on our suite of shows as well, and most importantly, Estate of Control, which is on control programming and automation. And Rich and I have been nine years in the making, so please check that out if you'd like to talk more about it uh, and reach out to us, both of us. Ryan, hit us with your info. How can we find out more? Sure. On Twitter, it's uh, Ryan underscore A underscore Gray. I contacted the guy who has the better one. I've been trying to get it back from him. You can find me on LinkedIn, and I would encourage people to look up, go to hetma.org, H-E-T-M-A.org, to learn about that organization, and at Higher Ed AV on all the socials to keep an eye on uh, what's going on. Well, fantastic. Well, if you want to find out more information about our coverage here at ISE, you're going to find it on our website uh, here at avianation.tv. That's all the time that I have for this segment. I have another segment coming up that's going to be pretty special, uh, but I can't tease it just yet. But for avianation.tv, this is Rich Fragosa, Uncle Richie, in Barcelona, Spain for ISE 2023. This is AV Week, ISE 2023, Barcelona edition. And I'm calling it a special edition, special episode. To my right, uh, very few times do I get to stand next to somebody and go, someone who needs no introduction, <laughs> truly, uh, Mike Blackman, the director of ISE. Um, we are here on day four of the show. And uh, heartfelt congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I mean, it's been... This has been a great celebration. We're going to party tonight, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I want to get into to this year's show. You, you and I had the, the opportunity to just kind of chat a little bit yeah. before we started recording. And I, I had the, the luxury of being able to cover the show during the summer. It was my first time in Barcelona okay. and the show itself. And, uh, you know, when I got the call, um, you know, day one before the doors opened, it was that moment of, you know, okay, what are we going to see? How's this going to play out? Hmm. And then the doors opened and there was like this, this breathing, drop, out. breathing yeah. out and speaking yeah. to the manufacturers and the end users. Everybody felt like, you know, we're, we're yeah. moving in that direction. And there were these pleasant surprises. 
Um, fast forward to Infocom in the States in North America, and uh, I got to cover that show, and then we saw that feeling. Yeah. How did you feel coming into uh, the 2023 uh, show and now four days into the show? You know, walk yeah. me through, because there's a lot. There's a lot show. that's gone on, yeah. I mean, we are the biggest AV show in the world, um, and we've maintained that even during, during the pandemic. Right. Um, the 2022 show was something that it gave people the confidence again that shows are back. There was a lot of talk during the pandemic about, oh, it's a, you know, shows are not going to happen. We're all doing everything hybrid. It's all going to be online, etc. You know, we're in a business where we want to be naturally next to each other. We want to touch. Uh, um, and uh, this networking part has become so significant that people want to get back together. But you know, we just had two years of nothing, and suddenly the first thing is really happening and thinking, well, is it going to work or not? Well, it did work. We had a great audience last year, 43,600 attendees. Um, and, you know, for a recovery from a pandemic, that was a phenomenal figure. Absolutely. So that gave confidence back to the industry. Uh, that gave confidence back to the manufacturers that, hey, uh, yeah, they get the audience there. It gave confidence back to the attendees because, it, yeah, the exhibitors were there. We, it was worth going. Um, they didn't see as many product launches as they would normally like to have done. But everyone accepted that. It was more about getting back together. This year, it was more like, okay, we're back. Right. Let's see what ISE has to offer. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if you were here on the first morning and saw the crowds outside. Absolutely. The people were queuing up. I was lucky that I had the press pass yeah. to get through my side because it was phenomenal, yeah. just the uh, energy yeah. of seeing it. But it was wall-to-wall -wall people excited yeah. to get through the door. Yeah. And when they were inside, what they got to see was over a thousand, one thousand and fifty-five exhibitors. Um, yes, we were missing a lot of the Chinese companies who mm -hmm. couldn't get their visas. Right. Um, they're going to be back next year. They're already calling us and saying, "Okay, we want space." Um, but we had a thousand and fifty-five companies exhibiting here and showing what they have. Uh, we had hundreds of product launches, uh, and you know that's a key to ISE. People right. are coming here and they're seeing new things. We had almost 200 new companies that had never been here before. Uh, that's also something exciting to actually say, not only to people like you who know the industry, hey, come, you'll see something new, right. but to people who are looking to invest, uh, we're seeing more and more investors coming to the show, really? shopping, yeah, absolutely. But more so, everyone who's coming say, you're guaranteed to see new things at ISE. So that was really, really great. We've had uh, new areas in the show, uh, we managed to actually really pr create something for um, Pro Audio this time with the audio demo rooms in Hall 8. Absolutely. Um, we've been toying with that. Those companies have been saying, you know, we want to be here. Uh, we know we can't demonstrate Pro Audio on the booths because that disturbs everybody else. But, you, you know, you, you want to keep us. You need to provide something. And we came up with something which they now said, yeah, that works. We like it. We have um, uh, outdoor demo uh, pro audio demos as well. That's new for us. Right. Uh, and again, something where the company And again, said, fortunately, the Barcelona, even in winter, gives us the opportunity exactly. to have an there outdoor you go. demo. We couldn't do that in Amsterdam. Absolutely. Um, then uh, something new. What we saw last year was a lot of virtual studios. Right. Uh, virtual production. So we said, okay, we've got 70 other companies around the show doing this. It's a real um, part of ISE now. So we decided to put that in one area. So we put that in Hall 6 uh, and a new area, uh, content production and distribution mm. um, and um, content creation, sorry, 
and distribution and very, very popular, some really cool stuff in there. That's going to be a new part of ISE 2024 where we go into a new hall with that as well. Um, so we really saw a lot of new things and really exciting things that uh, um, people went away with and said, wow. Um, the exhibitors have said to me, great quality. Um, they've really seen not just more, more people, but really good quality. And when I talk about more people, day one, we had over 33,000 people in the building. That was a record for ISE, for, for any first day ISE from the beginning. Really? Yeah. So I mean, it was apparent. I mean, you yeah. just even just a, a, a uh, you know, with a headcount and just being able yeah. to look out over it. I, yeah. I'm not surprised in that yeah. respect. Well, the best day two, which is traditionally our biggest day, right. 40, more than 40,000 people in the building. Uh, and day three, which is usually about our second, we did about 34,000, 35,000. Today, it drops off. We know right. that. And, mm -hmm. uh, but even, you know, we'll probably hit about half of what we did on day, day three. Right. Um, that's bigger than we did in our seventh show and the whole event, let alone one day. Uh, but everything's relative. And when you see 35,000 people on one day, 17 looks really bad. Right. Um, but it's still good. And most of the... Exhibitors who know the show, actually they say, that's the day we go and talk to our competitors, we go and talk to our uh, collaborators, we go and see the rest of the show ourselves. And those people who are really wise and want time to talk with exhibitors, they come on Friday. You used the word collaboration, and that was a word that came up so much during this show. You know, I, I'm going to point out some of the mm. high spots that you also, um, you had your IC uh, Influencer Lounge. I mean, mm. there were... It's amazing how you recognize the audience. I mean, obviously, ISE, largest trade show, the one that brings Avixa and Cedia together. Yet partnerships are what your show is about to, be yeah. to begin with, but then to be able to see on the show floor, uh, you know, you're hearing left and right alliances and partnerships between manufacturers, between standards. Mm. Uh, yeah. you know. But that's what systems in integration is about. Right. Uh, and, you know, we've learned that. It's funny. People who don't know our industry, they walk into the show and they say, oh, this is about screens. And I say, guys, actually, no. Um, that's the interface that you see. There's a lot more behind that. It's a complete solution that you're seeing here. Uh, and uh, you should look more about what it's offering. Where is that being put into place? And what's the idea behind it? You know, I could sit here and spend all day with you on this because <laughs> it is fantastic. But again, we did um, thank you because you, you've always taken great care of Aviation. We did want to thank you as well for I'm your hospitality. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, so are we. Um, so, you know, again, 23 was a fantastic show. Please take your victory lap because yeah. it is well-deserved. Um, for us at Aviation, we do want to say congratulations. Thank, thank you for the you. hospitality. Thank well, you for hosting us here. I always will do. Remember, put it in your diaries for next year, 30th of January to the 2nd of February. Mark it down. We expect to see Aviation back on the, uh, at ISC again. And all those people who are out, out there, come and join us. Fantastic. If people do want to find out more about ISC uh, and uh, the upcoming show in 2024, how can they find out more information? Go to our website, www.iseurope.org. Um, Again, www.iseurope.org. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Just put ISE in there and you'll find us. 
Well, I'm glad I don't have virtual Mike Blackman this time. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Uh, we appreciate it. It's always a pleasure uh, speaking with you. If you want to find out more about ISE, we're going to find it on their website. If you want to find out more about Aviation and our coverage of ISE 2023, you're going to find it on our website at avnation.tv. This is Rich Fergosa, Uncle Richie, for AV Week ISE 2023 Barcelona Edition. Thank you.